You guys remember the year 2020? What a year, right? I'm sure that year put a lot of strain on relationships, a lot of strain on families and, and friendships. Challenges and experiences that we had not planned came crashing into our lives. In an instant, we were all ordered to stay home. At first, it sounded kind of nice, right? But eventually, I'm sure people needed a break from one another. So we all looked for different things to occupy our time, uh, new hobbies, new interests, new projects. I remember with my time at home, um, I got really into these survival outdoor shows. I was watching them on YouTube and on TV, fascinated by how these people could survive in some of the harshest elements. They were faced with challenges and experiences that they had to do whatever they could to survive. And they always tried to get three things right away. They, they tried to get fire. They tried to get food. They tried to get shelter. Once they got those three things, you could, you could tell how much uh, more calm and, and at ease they, they were. The, those three things that gave them such a strong sense of security. And in June of 2020, watching those shows, it, it inspired me to take my my wife and my son camping. Um, they had never been camping before, so I thought, man, this would be cool. Show them a, a great experience. We've, we've been stuck inside for so long. It'll, it'll be great to just get out and, and be outside together. Um, so I, I, I tried to get everything we needed. I was overprepared. We had everything we could possibly need, and, and then some. We, we had a, a great night around the fire, and then eventually we we decided it was time to get into the tent and uh, enjoy a, a nice restful sleep outside. Eventually, in the middle of the night, I was awoken by a sound. It was a sound of what sounded like two animals fighting in the bushes, just tearing each other apart. I just kind of laid there, my eyes wide open. I was terrified. Eventually, the, the sound, it, it just stops. Everything just goes silent. I kind of look at my wife and my son, and they're just, they're just sleeping like nothing is going on. And then eventually, I begin to hear footprints starting to make their way towards our tent. And then I begin to hear uh, the sound of an animal, a sound that I had heard on TV before or maybe on YouTube before, but it sounded like a raccoon. I was sure it was a raccoon. So now my, my mind is just full of these images of, of raccoons that are rabid and foaming at the mouth. And as this beast of an animal approaches our tent, begins to get closer and closer, I begin to imagine it tearing through the tent and, and attacking me, attacking my wife, attacking my son. And I, I think I have to protect my son. I have to protect my wife. So my mind, it goes into survival mode. What do I do? How do I react? I start thinking about the shows I had watched. I remember one show, they encountered a bear. They yelled and screamed as loud as they could. And that bear just went running off. Does that same tactic work with raccoons? I, I didn't know. And so laying there terrified, and as I hear it get closer and closer to the tent, my survival instincts, they, they, they kick in. And, and when I hear it, it's right outside of the tent. I yell at the top of my lungs, hey, you get out of here. 
And I hear it, I hear it run away, it gets scared, it scurries up a tree, I heard the bark, I, I grab the flashlight, I'm looking outside the tent window, trying to make sure it's not there, all I see is darkness and trees, but then as I peer into the darkness, I hear a sound that is far scarier than a raccoon. It was the sound of a, a wife who was woken up by her husband. Her crazy husband who was screaming into the night. And she said, what the heck are you doing? I looked at her and, her, and my son and, and they're just sitting up. They're looking at me in bewilderment. There's a raccoon. It was going to try and get into the tent. I saved our lives. You're welcome. They did not believe that there was any raccoon. To this day, I'm, I'm pretty sure they still don't believe that there was a raccoon. We even went home and I was looking up YouTube videos of raccoons getting in tents and the sound that they make. And I was trying to prove to them there was, there was a raccoon. Um, I'll take it to my grave. There was a raccoon. But um, they went back to sleep. I, I stayed awake. I couldn't sleep. I kept looking outside that window with my flashlight, ensuring that that raccoon was not going to come back. The next morning we woke up and we ended the trip a day early. Um, but I had had this image of my head of what that experience was going to look like, of, of what that camping trip would be like. I thought I had prepared for everything. I had thought I was going to give my, my wife and son a, a great experience their first time camping, but instead we were met with a challenge that I had not expected. And sometimes we experience similar things in our relationships. Things happen in life, situations that we don't expect, things that we cannot control, things that we cannot prepare for. And we can think we have everything planned and prepared, and then out of nowhere, we are faced with this challenge that we did not see coming. And then as we do our best to manage these challenges, our, our relationships, they are affected as a result. And because here's what we know about life, right? Life is wild and life is unpredictable. And the wildlife, it, it creeps out of the bushes and it begins to threaten our relationships. Wildlife that looks like financial struggle, the loss of a loved one, someone losing their job, someone struggling with mental illness, health issues, having to move somewhere else, housing issues, car issues. I, I mean, the list, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Challenges coming out of nowhere that send our relationships into survival mode as a result. If only we had a survival guide that could prepare us for whatever threat might come in our life or whatever challenge might affect our relationships. After Jesus was put to death for three days, the disciples, they lived in fear. This was not what they had planned for. This was not what they had predicted but then eventually after those three days, Jesus, he appears to the disciples. He was resurrected. He met with them. He ate with them. Jesus, he continued to appear to the disciples for around 40 days. Can you imagine the strength that this gave the disciples? They had abandoned all hope when Jesus was crucified. But now here he is. He's spending time with them. He's eating breakfast with them. Their hope had been restored. After his even after his resurrection, Jesus, he continued to teach the disciples. He continued to give them instructions and commands. Here's what the Bible says. One day Jesus was eating with them 
He gave them a command, do not leave Jerusalem. He said, I will wait for the gift my father has promised. You have heard me talk about it. Jesus was basically saying, eventually he's going to leave again. Eventually things are going to be different again, but don't lose hope. Stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift that God had promised. Now, what is this gift? The gift is the Holy Spirit. Jesus had described the Holy Spirit as a helper, an advocate, a gift from God sent in the name of Jesus, a gift that the disciples, they could not create, but they could only receive. And in order to receive this gift, they were going to have to wait. A gift that we still have today. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God dwelling among us, the active power and force of God that is living inside of us. Eventually, after those 40 days, the time comes for Jesus to leave. So he and the disciples, they gather at, this, uh, at the Mount of Olives, which is just outside of Jerusalem. Jesus, he instructs the disciples to go and preach the good news. He tells them that he will be with them. Jesus blesses them, and then he ascends into heaven. And the, the disciples, they just kind of stand there watching in amazement. As, as Jesus disappears in the sky, the disciples, they just stand there looking upward. Can you see them just, just staring at the sky, just kind of frozen in place, watching Jesus ascend? Maybe in that moment, they are a little of uncertain of what to do next. Suddenly, two angels appear next to the disciples. Here's what the Bible says. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? What a great question. Almost as if the angels are saying, don't you have work to do? Did you not receive instructions from Jesus? They were saying this same Jesus, he will be back, he will return. But until then, you should be following his commands, not just staring at the sky. There is work to be done. There is a gift to be received. Now, truthfully, I've had moments in my life where I can't take my eyes off the sky. I just kind of stand staring at the sky, things weren't going the way I had planned, challenges coming out of nowhere, and my relationships, they were suffering as a result. I kind of just stood there as those unwanted experiences invaded my camp. I kind of just stood there and stared as the ship sunk, leaving me to survive in those relationships. And maybe you felt like that in a relationship. And you feel like your relationship is suffering because of some unexpected challenge in life. Your relationship sent into survival mode because of that challenge. Challenges and experiences that make us feel like the ship has crashed. We've swum the shore. We watch as our expectations for our family, friendships, and relationships sink to the ocean floor. There together on this deserted island, how do we survive? How do we stay together? How do we brave these elements of life, knowing that life is wild and unpredictable? How can we fight against the wildlife that tries to infiltrate our camp? These unwanted challenges threatening the survival of our, of our relationships, making us feel like we have to fight to survive. 
What survival instincts can we use in strengthening our relationships? Uh, Can we find some source of fire, some source of food, a, a shelter to make us more secure in our relationships, allowing us to brave the elements of life together, allowing us to fight against whatever challenge life throws our way, allowing us to survive? After the angels had appeared and then disappeared, the the disciples, they made their way back to Jerusalem. Uh, They returned to the upper room, the same upper room that they had experienced uh, the Last Supper in with Jesus before his crucifixion. And and it's there that they waited as Jesus instructed. They had no idea how long they were going to have to wait for this gift. But it's what Jesus had told them to do, so they obeyed. The Bible says that there were 120 people staying in that upper room. All the disciples, their wives, their family, Jesus's brothers, Jesus's mother Mary as well. Imagine that stay at home order. 120 people in that space and no cocoa melon to keep the kids occupied. This family of Christ followers gathered together in the face of a challenge that they were not prepared for. Now that Jesus had ascended into heaven, what happens now? What happens next? Uh, How do they survive this challenge together? How do they keep their relationships strong in such unexpected circumstances? Especially since they don't know how long they're going to have to be there. What exactly can they do as they follow Jesus's instructions to wait? When our relationships are faced with an unexpected challenge, sometimes the hardest thing to do is wait. We often want to do whatever we have to to fix the problem as quickly as we can. But sometimes the only option is to wait. And so while waiting, we end up having to live in that challenge. We can't escape it. And this makes survival extremely uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but when I'm faced with a challenge in life, I begin to lose hope as I am stuck in that discomfort. And maybe you felt like that in your relationships. You're stuck living in the challenge. You are stuck in the waiting, waiting for your loved one to get better, uh, waiting for, uh, to get that job that you had been hoping for. The waiting and the discomfort, it's putting a strain on your relationship. I'm sure the disciples, they were faced with a similar discomfort. So as they were all gathered together, waiting as they were faced with that discomfort, I'm sure that maybe even words that Jesus had told them before, words that Jesus had spoken to them came to their minds. Here's something that Jesus had told them. I promise that when any two of you on earth agree about something you are praying for, my father in heaven will do it for you. Maybe during that time of waiting, the disciples were reminded of these words that Jesus had told them. Maybe this gave them some insight to what they could be doing while they waited. Uh, Now in our own survival situation, uh, what's one of the first things that we should do first as we're trying to survive in the wilderness? We we should be trying to build a fire, right? Right? That fire, it provides warmth. That fire provides light so you can see things clearly all around you. That fire, it lifts your morale and gives you a sense of hope. While in survival mode in our relationships, as we face unexpected challenges threatening our relationships, we have to remember to pray together. Prayer becomes our fire. Prayer will give us comfort. Prayer will help us see things a bit more clearly. 
Prayer will give us hope in the midst of whatever challenge we face. I'm not talking about praying alone. I'm talking about praying together. Remember what Jesus said, whenever two or three of you agree on something you are praying for, praying together with the people in your relationship, it will bring comfort to your relationship. You pray pray with those people who are living in that challenge with you, your your spouse, your kids, your, your parents, your friends, your neighbor down the street, pray with those people that are in that specific relationship. And that's exactly what the disciples did. The Bible says that the disciples, they were in constant prayer together during that time of waiting. When our relationships face similar challenges, we can gather together in prayer and that will help us persevere together in the face of whatever challenge tries to threaten our relationship. Praying together, it leads to persevering together. Another result of facing unexpected challenges in life is how much it just drains you. You become exhausted from thinking about that, that, that challenge constantly. You become exhausted from staying up at night, peering out your tent, hoping that that wildlife does not come back to get closer to your family. The waiting, it can be tiring. The, that exhaustion, it can affect your relationship a great deal. It can start to make you feel unstable. It makes your relationship feel weak, it, like it could collapse at any moment. It leads you to yearn for some form of strength in that time of waiting. I'm sure that's how the disciples felt. I'm sure that they were exhausted. I'm sure they were looking for the strength they needed during that time of waiting. And during that time of exhaustion, maybe they were reminded of a time when Jesus was exhausted. Here's what the Bible says. After Jesus had gone without eating for 40 days and nights, he was very hungry. Then the devil came to him and said, if you are God's son, tell these stones to turn into bread. Jesus answered, the scriptures say, no one can live only on food. People need every word that God has spoken. Jesus, he had been in the wilderness surviving. He had not eaten in 40 days and I'm sure he was tired. Satan tries to get Jesus to give up, to give in to his exhaustion and do something that he would regret. How does Jesus combat Satan? He uses scripture. He recites scripture from the book of Deuteronomy to combat the hunger and the exhaustion he was feeling. He sustained himself through God's word. As we are in our own survival situation, what's the next instinct we should follow? We have fire, now we need food. We need something that is going to sustain us as we are stuck in the waiting, as we are living in the challenge within our relationship, that food is going to be something that gives us energy. It's something that is going to keep our relationship strong. While in survival mode in our relationships, as we face unexpected challenges, threatening relationships, we have to remember to read the Bible together. Just as Jesus showed us scripture, it becomes our food. The word of God becomes what sustains us as we face that challenge. Again, not alone, but reading together. As you read the word of God together in your relationships, it changes everything. It reminds you of the promises God has made. In the face of that challenge that is threatening your relationship, you are reminded that God is with you even in that challenge. 
And the challenge of moving to a different place, the challenge of financial struggles, whatever challenge your relationship is facing, reading the Bible together can keep you from becoming exhausted. Reading the Bible together will make your relationship strong and steadfast. It will remind you that God, he was with the Israelites as they traveled through the wilderness. It will remind you of how God provided for those in need countless times throughout the Bible. That's exactly what the disciples did with their time of waiting. They, they attended temple together. They, they heard the reading of scripture together. When our relationships face similar challenges, we can read the Bible together. And that will help us become re-energized together in the face of whatever challenge tries to threaten our relationships. Reading together, it leads to becoming re-energized together. Often as we face these unforeseen challenges, we can begin to feel disconnected from others. We are even tempted to isolate. We're tempted to, to face these challenges all alone. Isolation, pushing those we love away, it will only damage our relationships. It's together that we are strong, as Jesus knew this as well. One of his prayers for us as believers was that we would be one, that we would be unified. Think about the disciples. The night that Jesus was arrested, man, they scattered. Some went this way, some went that way. As they were separated, they were full of fear and feeling unprotected, disconnected from one another. But now after Jesus ascends into heaven, they have a chance to make the right choice. And they realize that they are strongest together. And they realize that being unified in the name of Jesus, it provides them with some protection. And maybe they even remembered one more thing that Jesus had told them before. Here's another thing Jesus had told them. Whenever, whenever two or three of you come together in my name, I am there with you. As they gather together in the name of Jesus, not only are they connected to one another, but they are connected to Jesus, giving them an abundance of security while they are stuck in that waiting as we are in our own survival situation, uh, what is the next instinct that we should follow? We have fire, we have food, now we need shelter. Shelter, it protects us from the wind and the rain, but shelter does something different for us. It also keeps us closer to one another. As we gather with one another under that shelter, it keeps us connected, it keeps us close, it keeps us not isolated, it keeps us not alone. But that shelter, it also, it keeps us in the same place. So as we face unexpected challenges that threaten our relationships, even when we are stuck in the waiting, we have to remember to worship together. We gather in the name of Jesus and we worship him together. And we give all glory and praise to his name. And that's exactly what the disciples did they stayed together. They worship and praise God together and it unified them. It bonded them together during that time of waiting. And worshiping will, will do the same for our relationships. As we gather and glorify God in the name of Jesus, it will bring us so much more closer together. You can worship by coming to church. You can worship uh, at your home. You can worship in the car, on the way to school or work. You can worship on your daily walk. Anywhere you are gathered, you can bring glory to the name of Jesus. And when you do that with the people in your relationship, it will unify you. It will strengthen and hold that relationship together no matter what challenge you might face. 
Because just like Jesus said, when you gather in his name, he will be there. He will be the glue. He will be connected to us, protecting us. He will be what is holding your relationship together during that time of waiting. As you worship, he will weld you and your loved ones together. Worshiping together leads to being welded together. The disciples, they spent time praying. They spent time reading. They spent time worshiping. They, they did this for 10 days. And on that 10th day, they received the gift that Jesus had promised. Here's what the Bible says. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers gathered in one place. Suddenly a sound came from heaven. It was like a strong wind blowing. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like fire in the shape of tongues. The flames separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the wait, it was over. Uh, the Holy Spirit, it came. They received the Holy Spirit just like Jesus had promised. And it changed absolutely everything. You see this, this was the birth of the church. And this was the start of something fresh, something new. For centuries, people during that time, they were only allowed to worship at the temple because that's the only place they could experience the spirit of God. But here, because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, we read that God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, it fills them, allowing them to worship whenever and wherever they were. Uh, but the waiting that they had experienced, uh, the time they spent praying, reading, and worshiping together, that time of waiting, it prepared them. They had been prepared to receive this gift. And when the gift arrived, they recognized it, and they knew exactly what to do. The, the disciples, they were still going to face challenges, right? So many challenges, but they would be prepared. Not only that, they would have an advocate. They would have a helper, they would have the Holy Spirit. As we are in our own survival situation, we have fire, we have food, we have shelter, but there's still one more thing we need, right? Imagine you're in the wilderness, you're, you're making your way through the woods, you're trying to find whatever you can to help prepare you for whatever challenge you might face during this time of survival. And there in the woods, all of the sudden, you hear this sound. Ooh, you hear that sound and you run towards it, right? It's water. We cannot survive without water. Now, I'm sure you have all experienced thirst and, and maybe in your time of thirst, you quenched it with water and you could feel the water travel through your body as you drank it, refreshing you, re renewing you. The stream flowing through our camp, this essence of life that not only quenches our thirst, but it is vital for our survival. It keeps our bodies functioning the way they were created. God has gifted us with his spirit. Because of Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit. We have received God's spirit. And it is in each and every one of us. Sometimes we neglect it, though. Sometimes we ignore it. As our relationships face challenges, as we go into survival mode, as we are stuck in the waiting, we are not alone. God is with us. God is in us. And as we gather together in our relationships, as we pray together, as we read together, as we worship together, 
It begins to help us recognize God moving so much more clearly. Doing those things together, it stirs up the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we pray, read, and worship together, it stirs up the Holy Spirit in our relationship. And we begin to feel the refreshment. We begin to feel the renewal. And that stream of the Holy Spirit begins to flow through our relationship. It allows us to live and treat one another the way we were created to. It makes us kinder towards one another. It makes us more gentle towards one another. It makes us more loving towards one another. It fills our relationships with joy and peace. Not only that, but it prepares us. Just like the disciples, it prepares us for anything because what is life? Life is wild and life is unpredictable. The challenges, they are coming one after another. But thankfully, God has given us a survival guide through his word. He's given us this guide because when we keep Jesus as the center of our relationships, when we remain close to one another, as we gather in the name of Jesus, as we pray, read, and worship together, as the Holy Spirit is stirred up in our relationships, when we do that together, no matter what challenge comes our way, we will not just be surviving, but we will be thriving. When Jesus is the center of our relationship, we don't just survive, we thrive. And in our relationships together in the name of Jesus, we will persevere. We will be re-energized and we will be welded together and we will thrive as we are refreshed and renewed by the Holy Spirit. Some of you may know of the challenges that my family faces right now. Um, unexpected, unwanted challenges that have invaded the Clark family camp. Um, uh, the challenge of my, my grandfather battling cancer, and the, the struggles that my mom is facing, my, my dad stepping down from a role that I've known him to have all of my life. It's so easy, so tempting for me just to stop and just stare at the sky. It's so tempting just to stare at the sky and ask God, why? But as I, as I keep my face upwards, staring at the sky, you know what images are placed in my mind? The image of my wife and the image of my two sons. I cannot neglect my family in the face of these challenges. So I divert my eyes from upward and I place them on my family. And I am reminded that though I face these challenges in life, I do not face them alone. I, I, I face them with my family. For the past few months, um, my, my family, my wife and my, my two sons, we gather together every single evening in our living room and, and we have a time where we read together, we pray together, we worship God for his goodness together. And it has done so many good things for our family. And there's sometimes, man, I'm just tired, right? My, my wife is tired and we're just thinking about bath time, bedtime, and, and let's just be done. But my son, whoo, my son, David, he says, no, we, we got to do devotion time. No, we have to have this time of devotion. When's devotion time? 
I tell you that when you read together, you pray together, you worship together, if you have kids, it allows you to hear the heart of your child so much more clearly. It gives you that environment to, to not only invest into them, but, the, but they invest into you. And this time has radically changed our family. It's made us so much stronger as a family. It's stirred up the Holy Spirit inside of us. And it has helped prepared me to face the challenges that I'm facing. It's, it's helped prepared me to be able to stand on the stage before you. <laughs> Because I refuse to let my family go down with the ship. I refuse to allow whatever challenge comes my way to affect my family. I'll tell you what, I will fight to survive so that my two boys, they have a man of God to look up to in their life. Just like I've had a man of God and a woman of God to look up to all of my life. And I'll tell you what, I know that they were fighting to survive for me and my brother. My friends, no matter what challenge comes our way, we can ensure that our relationships, they thrive. No matter how long we wait, we can be sure that God's promises will be fulfilled. Because even though, even though life is wild, even though life is unpredictable, we serve a God who is sovereign and unstoppable. So even in the waiting, we can lift our voices in Jesus' name. Even in the uncertainty, we can be certain that Jesus, he remains. And we can have hope in the face of any challenge because we know that Jesus is with us. And right now in this room, as we gather together in his name, Jesus is here. I felt him. I have felt him all these services as the students sing. Moments where I can't even sing, I just have to listen and I hear all of your voices raised to the God that we serve. And it reminds me that even in the challenges, even when we're living in the waiting, even when we're living in that challenge, that we can celebrate. Just like Bree talked about, we serve a good God. And we can be reminded of his goodness. Just like that man, that first song that the kids sang was so good. We are blessed. Every single day we are blessed and we need to remind ourselves to celebrate that goodness. So in a moment, we are gonna continue to worship. We're gonna sing another song to celebrate and thank God. But if you've come today and you're thinking, oh yeah, great sermon, Jake, but I don't feel connected with anyone. Well, welcome to church. Right now, after this service, there's a breakfast out there. There are people who feel just like you, sit down. Um, I think there's a, a scripture in the Bible about eating Casey's breakfast pizza together or something, how that brings you to closer. But you can leave this room, you can go to that breakfast, sit together, fellowship together and dwell in God's goodness together. But if you've come today and you would like prayer about challenges that you're facing or, or whatever's going on in your life, we will be down here to pray for you. Uh, we also have two people getting baptized, or I don't know the number. We have baptisms. So if you feel like you felt the Holy Spirit stirring up inside of you and, and you would like to feel that refreshment, that renewal by being baptized, 
then the water is ready and we will baptize you today. So if you want prayer or baptism, just come forward during this last song. But if you don't mind, please stand with me now. I would like to pray for you before I leave. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Gracious God, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you that no matter what challenge we face in life, you are in it with us. And as we leave this room or as, as whoever is listening online or, or in their homes, wherever, we pray that we would be reminded to pray together, to read together, to worship together, to thrive in your Holy Spirit so that our relationships would be strong, so that no matter what we face in life, we would have those relationships built on the foundation of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for all that you give. And now we worship you, God. Now we bring our gratitude to you and we thank you for all that you have blessed us with. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.